generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to another episode of a Keep the Change podcast. We've got a very special guest playing the ear guitar in the background, Adam Stewart from Compound Wealth. We've done a couple of webinars together, and now we're live in the person to listen to a bit of tool and figure out what we should be doing with our Kiwi Savers, what mistakes we shouldn't be making with our investments. 100% rock and roll, Lukey. Thank you for having me on. It's good to see you in person, mate. Usually we're having to do the old stream yard yeah. mid-COVID or uh, just, you know, you're, you're down, down country. Yeah, I know. It's been great. Back in the back in the big AK. Good to be here. Lovely day. Um, bit of a change in... You know, it's a bit warmer up here, man. It's cold down at home at the moment. But Where, I think it's wet everywhere, isn't it? Where's home for you, mate? For the Ash people Vegas, Ashburton. Ash yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I, I, in between Ashburton and Christchurch, just spend a bit of time in both. Um, when, I get, when I get sick of the... The city, I'll go down to the dairy farm. Mum and dad are dairy farmers, and I'll um, help out on the farm. So yeah, how um, far is Ashburton from Christchurch? It's about an hour south. Oh, nice, gotcha. That would give you a good like thinking. You go from rural New Zealand, effectively, like actually being on a farm and understanding that part of the economy and how that works, to then helping people with investments where usually money's washed out of through a marketplace somehow to then be invested into some product. It must give you a good visibility of the entire nation almost or, or the economy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Like yeah, that. I haven't really thought about it like <laughs> that. But um yeah, look, um I, I, I you know, you can see exactly where the milk straight out of the tit into the vat and then, you know, down to Clandyboy and Fonterra and off to and, China. They, and then off to China. They you know, it goes everywhere. Yeah. Um and yeah, everything from Yeah, so oh look I've been pretty pretty lucky to have been brought up on a farm my whole life, so um, it's always good to get back and kind of bring yourself back to the roots and just, you know, remind remind yourself where you come from. Yeah. A number of people will recognise Adam from the webinars and we you've you've had a number of people from Keep the Change go through your fact find on your website where you get a personalised report of what your you should be thinking about in terms of your KiwiSaver and, and potentially even what fund you should be invested in. So I think a number of people have done that already. Uh, so thank you for helping them out with that, mate. No, no, awesome. No, the, the Keep the Change people have been been great. Um, always good questions coming through and, uh, you know, always want to put themselves in a better position and think long term. And uh, so, look, and the other people that I love working with, it's people that are ha- ready to help themselves and kind yeah. of think 
think think a bit longer term to get themselves in a in a better position to you know what they might have been if they'd made no change. Yeah, love to see it. So Kiwi Saver and and even the market at mo- at the moment, it's all been pretty frothy and pretty bloody downward. It's the FOMO, I think, is maybe gone. The excitement was all there maybe last year and a little bit the year before. We were on the sort of talking about shares and getting a shares account and investing in things I'd never fucking heard of. And now it's all kind of, oh, shit, how am I going to pay for my increased latte or my petrol? And we're all sort of not as excited by the market. Have you have you sort of noticed that with some of your clients and just the, the general chat out there? Yeah, look, um, I've definitely, definitely seen people obviously a little bit more worried than what they were at the big, at the end of last year. Uh, but again, it's um, what we try to do um, and, and, and when we when we initially get clients on is we, we go, hey, look, if, if you're going into a growth fund or an aggressive strategy or even a balanced strategy, which is, you know, roughly down 10 to 12% this year, um, you know, if you're going into these types of strategies where you've got a, a higher allocation to growth assets, shares and property, you're going to see volatility you know it's investing isn't linear and it's like life right you ne- you're never going to have a week or a month or a year where every day everything goes right for you you're going to have some weeks where you know there's look there's 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 accidents there's death there's divorce it's just like investing it's um it's up and down and uh so when when we speak to clients, you know, one of the questions, first questions we ask them is, um, if you invest this money and it goes down thirty percent in the next year, how likely, you know, how are you going to feel? And if they go no, can't, no, no, then you know you have to have that discussion. Well, maybe a growth or an aggressive strategy is not right for you. And then it's all about finding kind of that, you know, that balance between. Uh, having a long investment time frame and, you know, yes, shares are more appropriate for longer investment time frames, but if you can't handle that volatility, don't go, you know, we're not going to put you there because you know, you're probably going to end up making a bad decision. Mm. Um, but that's why we're here as well is because, you know, we can we try and stop people from making those decisions. Um, you know, talk them through it. Why, why do you think this? Look, you can't touch it for 15, 20, 30 years. Um, you know, try and think long term, and because at the end of the day, your KiwiSaver is effectively a pool of thousands and thousands of different assets. So, if you're even an uh, an aggressive KiwiSaver strategy, which was 100% equities, and you know it was to go to zero, that would effectively mean your Microsofts, your Facebooks, your Teslas, your Fisher and Pikes, your TradeMe's, all these major publicly listed businesses all around the world would have to fail and I think the last thing you'd be thinking about is your KiwiSaver strategy because you're probably thinking how do I turn the light on yeah that's or, a really good point so so when you're that diversified obviously you've definitely got to do your DD because some key, you know KiwiSaver funds could have allocations to cryptocurrency you'll be using excessive leverage or um, you know which can wipe you out um, but you know if you just look at a typical index fund say the S&P 500 um, you know, for that to go to zero, that would mean every five hundred five hundred of the largest publicly listed businesses in the US would have to go to zero. Yeah, they all have to fail. They all have to fail, and I don't think you know that would mean Vladimir's gone and done something pretty naughty. Yeah, yeah. We there's a lot of people arguing that in the states now that you raised that that they've still got a long way to go. They've lost about thirty percent of their um, value of the share market, I think. And now there's people saying, well, look, there's still you know a lot of downside to get back to the the last bottom of the S&P 500, et cetera. Is that worrying, or again, is it just zoom out and just, you know, accept um, 
Oh, look, you know, for the long-term investor, I, you know, if you've got a 10 to 15-year investment time frame, look, no one knows what's going to happen. It, it could keep, go down, it could bounce back, it could steady, you know, it could just, we could side, what, you know, side crab for the next year or two. Um, look, it's it's worrying because, you know, it, it's going to probably make people feel a little bit more nervier, but for the long-term investor, if you've got a 10 to 15-year investment time frame, or you know even longer, which most people do, and and KiwiSaver, the younger people, um, then you know you should actually be seeing it as an opportunity, um, and that's the way I see it because effectively you're going to be buying those assets at a lower lower price, especially if you're indexing. Um, you know, like a you see Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger at the moment, Berkshire Hathaway, they haven't really spent any money in the last two years, and then the last three, four months, they've been on a bit of a buying spree. They're finally starting to use a bit of cash, be you know fearful when other uh, when other people are greedy, be greedy when other people are fearful. Um, so again, it's that um, you know if you've got a long investment time frame, I wouldn't be worried. I'd be I'd be excited because you're effectively going to be you know dollaring discounting. Um, you know, buying more assets at a lower price relative to what you were six, six, twelve months ago. Speaking of those two geniuses, you jumped on a plane and went and saw them. Yes, I did. I went and saw the Oracle of uh, Omaha and uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger in, in action. And uh, yeah, beginning of May it was. So um, yeah, flew to Omaha, Nebraska, which is Midwest US. And uh, was there for about ten days. So I did th- a three-day value investment course leading up to the the annual shareholder meeting, and then did a two-day value investment conference. So Thursday, Friday, and then on Saturday, got up at five in the morning and went along, waited in line till seven thirty in the morning, and sat in there for till four o'clock in the afternoon, and went home to bed. Shit, <laughs> is that? Uh, stadium or where they have that is that um, like why is that there is that just the oh it's it's, it's they have uh, like basketball events and so it's a massive sports stadium but yeah. they have the obviously the annual shareholder meeting there the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholding meeting there so I think there's around fifty thousand people all packed into that into that meeting room it was pretty it was it was like going to a rock concert. What does it cost to go to? Can you do? Can um, so you go? have to, so so you have to have a um, to, to 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 attend an annual shareholder meeting. You have to have have an A class share or a B class. So the A A class shares are worth. Oh look, I don't know what they're worth today, but they're around that three hundred forty, three hundred fifty four hundred thousand US. Sure. Um, so look, I don't I don't have an A class share, everyone, but. Um, uh, I just bought a B class, so they are like say three hundred and fifty dollars US. US. Yeah. So that effectively makes you a shareholder, and, and you can attend the shareholder meeting. But then you've obviously got to buy flights and accommodation and all mm. the rest. So, um, look, it's it's yeah. There's a few few people that do own those A class shares, but they probably had them twenty or thirty years ago. So it was interesting when we we're in o- Omaha, the people that have kind of lived in Omaha around Warren Buffett because he still lives there and he's lived in the same house for 50 years. And I actually walked past his house because I was staying in an Airbnb maybe, um, you know, a couple of k's away. And I was like, oh, while I'm here, I'll just walk past his house. Not, wasn't going to try breaking in or anything. <laughs> um, and, uh, mate, he just, like, lives on uh, the most simple street. Everyone, Everyone's house is pretty much the same. Um, you know, like, the world's second, third richest man, like, it's just crazy. Um, anyone could just jump over the fence and jump through his window and say, "How are you, Warren?" 
Um, so yes. that was yeah, that was that was pretty gnarly. Um, but well, yeah, well, what I was getting to was so. Obviously, Berkshire Hathaway has been running for 50-odd years, but when Warren first started Berkshire Hathaway, he's obviously starting to get pretty well-known and he's you know, a pretty smart kind of dude. And you know, people were starting to invest in him you know, 30, 40 years ago um, before it obviously turned into what it did. So you know, those mums and, mums and dads and retail investors that bought a couple of Berkshire Hathaway um, you know, um, shares 30, even 20 years ago, and held them. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of millionaires in Omaha. Yeah, that's an interesting. You know, there's a concept to get around people that are more wealthy than you, and that's a really good example of somebody who's then made other people wealthy. He he's made a lot of people very very wealthy. It's, yeah. pr- it's, it's amazing. The people that the people that have had that you know that patience um, again you know because there would have been a lot of people along the way that um, sold. Yeah, because for sure. you know, oh look, our shares are worth three hundred grand now, or two hundred. Well, oh, look, they're worth a million bucks. Oh, let's just take the money. Yeah, um, you know, and buy a nice car and boat and pay the debt off the house, and which is all fine and well. Um, but if you can, if you can, kind of think a bit longer. Yeah, and think about that compound on it because it's a twenty. He's done twenty twenty point something, twenty point four, or yeah, twenty point four. I can't remember the exact number, but he's done a twenty. Point four percent per annualized compound for the last fifty two or three years, which and the S and P's only done eleven, so he's almost Shit. almost doubled the S and P. So he is he's the master. Did they say how much money they spend on research a year? Just out, do you know out of interest? Mm, Must be no, hundreds I, of millions. No, I don't. I don't because effectively um, the Berkshire they've only their, their head offices are only like thirty thirty five staff. Really. Yeah. So um, the way that he's run his business is he, he's effectively just bought businesses where he has little to no management. So he just buys a business with a good CEO, or put you know, with a good CEO, and they go to him, you know, what do you want from us? He says, just keep doing what you're doing, and you know, if things are going bad, then we'll talk to you. So he he's he's kind of been able to grow this massive massive conglomerate from a very hands off. Um, investment approach where he's obviously bought the biscuit, uh, the business at a discount to below its intrinsic value, below to what you know the the market, and he's bought it at a you know sometimes thirty to forty fifty percent discount, and then just held them for for forever, pretty Shit. much, and um, and and uh, he's got that many businesses that um, they all kind of gel in and there's only 30 to 35 people in the in the head office and, and most of them are kind of more accounting, you know. Buddy accountants. Um, buddy accountants. And so they've got, um, Warren's got two two kind of younger guys, investment guys in there now um, and they've been with him for five or ten years, I can't remember exactly, um, Ted and Todd. And they are... They yeah that they're obviously kind of taking over that investment management process from Warren. Warren's still doing a lot of it, um, but when he obviously passes away, they'll they'll take over that 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 role. But I I I don't I don't think the investment research piece would be as high as you think because at the end of the day they're just reading through it's it's they're just reading through financial statements and you know it's more their time you know obviously. Warren and 
um, Ted and Todd would be getting paid a, a fair whack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, you know, from a like a, a research subscription, having analysts on the ground, their their model is totally different from say a a you know one of those big um, investment banks where they've got ten thousand equity research analysts. Um, you know what Warren used to do is he'd go into an insurance business. And, um, you know, the, in the insurance business, they'd have an investment management team that would run, um, you know, the float for the insurance business. So they manage all the money that was um, there to pay for, claims. you know, claims. So he would go in and just take the whole investment management team out, make them all redundant because he'd start looking after it. So he's effectively Shit. saved, you know, he'd just buy the insurance business, buy the float, um, tap it onto their existing businesses and then take away the whole investment management capability because he is confident because well because yeah. he just he just taps onto what he's already doing it's yeah. just a couple you know it's not even an extra zero it's probably just another point you know, another point for him yeah so um, that's why he's, that's how he scaled the oh, he, you know like he'd make a thousand or fifteen hundred equity research analysts yeah. redundant like that. Shit. I guess what, what I'm trying to highlight is that for a lot of people, they are just getting into investing or sharesies or even their KiwiSaver, and they think that they know more than the market or more than an advisor or you know they forget, well, you're technically trying to compete with people like Warren Buffett or your Ray Dalios that have got access to all of this education yeah. and resource. And we think, I might log into sharesies and I reckon I can fucking outdo, uh, you know, I can outdo <laughs> the market. NZX 50, yeah. Yeah. Which is if you can outdo the NZX 50 over a 15, 20-year investment time frame, I'd, 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 yeah, I'll buy you a beer. Right, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to feel, afford a few more beers if I can do yeah. it. Yeah. If you can, yeah. yeah. If you can if outperform the NZX fifty over the next yeah ten fifteen years, mate. You'll, yeah, and you can regularly invest and um, you know consistently average in every week. Mm. Yeah, well, I'll be very impressed. So then there's people that are going to be forced to be part of KiwiSaver or technically like that. They might sign themselves up and then they, they'll do that and that's thinking you know, 40 years. But there must be some people who should be thinking about, right, I'm going to buy a house soon, uh, so therefore they're going to need that money. What's, what do you usually, what process do you usually take people through to help them get ready for that part of the journey? Well, yeah, so, yeah, great question. So I guess... That the the time frame's the most important piece. So, look, you want to buy a house in the next two to three years, then yeah, it's it's really important that we, we look at that kind of more conservative allocation. So, more of your conservative funds, and even if you get into you know inside that six months um, from when you to go to buy your first home, or if you're even retiring and you're gonna sorry um, take the take the cash at 65 and you're six months out and you know you're definitely going to be taking it and putting it in your bank account, then, yeah, you, you're even moving your KiwiSaver into 100% cash just to protect you from that, that, you know, that volatility. So effectively, you've got four different types of asset classes. You've got your shares, you've got your, your property, you've got your bonds and you've got your cash. Your shares and your property are what you kind of want to hold long term and your bonds and your cash are, are there kind of more to protect you from that, 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 that short-term volatility, not that you know, holding bonds this year's done you any good. Um, so uh, even conservative investors this year have, have felt the pinch a bit, um, you know, down 6 7% in a conservative fund. So it has been a funny old year. Um, and for people 
looking at at retiring and you know or buying a first home in the next kind of twelve to twenty four months it it does make things a little bit more difficult um but it is you know uh, uh, people do fall into that trap, and I have seen it say you know a year or two ago when when growth funds were doing fifteen to twenty percent and people in conservative funds were going, oh, I should be in that and I'm going, look, you're gonna buy a house in the next twelve to eighteen months um just stay in here and you can see that you know they're like um, itchy. I'm itchy I'm yeah. itchy which is understandable but now you know all those all those returns have effectively been wiped out over the last uh, over the last 6 months so you know those conservative investors are actually oh well I'm yeah I've actually made the right decision but as soon as they drain their kiwi savers and they've only got a thousand bucks in there that's when they need to go full aggressive again yeah so trying to get back to that especially if you're you know, if you buy your first home in your, your late twenties or your you know early thirties, or even if you're in your late thirties, you've still got uh, you know twenty five years before you can touch it. So you can afford to be more growth aggressive with your KiwiSaver strategy, which means uh, you know a growth fund sits at around eighty percent eighty percent growth, twenty percent fixed interest. So growth your shares and properties, twenty percent fixed interest is your bonds and cash. Um, and then you can have aggressive strategies up to 99% equities, 1% cash, or even 95%, um, you know, growth, 5% cash. Um, so those strategies are, um, you know, we use those a lot for clients, those more aggressive strategies for clients that can uh, handle that volatility um, and and uh, and have those long investment timeframes, 15 years plus. There's a double-edged sword to it, I guess, too, because if you, usually markets are sort of relative can be, so if you wanting to buy a house and you protect the value of your dollar because you're in cash and then house prices are coming down, you're effectively buying a house cheaper. You know, you're not losing money in your investment, so therefore you can then borrow because some people will leave it in aggressive or whatever and then they'll find out, fuck, I can't actually borrow anymore because my KiwiSaver balance is, is dipped too much Correct. and now the bank won't give me the other percentage. Correct. Correct. Yeah, huge so, risk. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's you've just got to you got to stick to the stick to the knitting, you know. And I know it's hard because you you know like you dig it. Oh, you know, I should take a bit of you know. My mate said I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Yeah, I'm missing out. But you've just got to kind of ride that ride through that because if someone's telling you know if someone's if someone's getting a ten or fifteen percent return, um, you know, the the. Where is that return coming from? It's like a finance company offering you a seven or eight or nine percent. Okay, that's fine, but you know if the returns the higher the return, the higher the risk. Yeah. Um. So you've always got to kind of understand where that risk is. What about people that turn sixty five? They don't have to take their KiwiSaver out, right? Oh, so and this is this it. is a massive one. This is a massive one. So you know, still still getting the odd person saying, "Oh, I thought I had to take the money at sixty five. Which is you know total total fast. So people actually over sixty five now can actually opt back into KiwiSaver as well, um, if if they want you know a relatively low cost managed fund in inside in retirement. Um, so yeah, once you're sixty five, look, I've I had a client the other day pumping half a million into their KiwiSaver because um, they wanted to use it um, as a a, a retirement yeah, vehicle. Yeah. Um, you know, set up a direct debit of you know five hundred bucks a week. And I did the numbers, and that'll last them till you know. I uh, can't remember the exact age, but eighty-two or eighty-three. So they're going to get five hundred bucks a week. Yeah. So that you know. Um, so we Beautiful. do do that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. So you you don't just do KiwiSaver. You'll look after people that have got 
assets. Correct. So we do financial planning advice. So um, everything from insurance, uh, so insurance advice, life, health, um, income protection, uh, and then financial financial planning, retirement planning. So just uh, and then obviously incorporating the KiwiSaver, your insurance investment lump sums in there as well. Um, so if someone goes, hey, look, Adam, I want to retire at fifty seven. Um, can can that happen? Or if I want to retire at sixty five, you know, how long will my money last? Because I guess that's the that's the question most people have is, what you know, how much is enough for me mm. to live that kind of lifestyle I I want in retirement? And if you know if it's leaving the bit behind for the kids or not leaving any for the kids, or you know, you can run those scenarios and and uh, figure it out. And, yeah. and then that gives them peace of mind. Peace of mind, we love that. Can you tell the life insurance story, or is that yeah? No, limits? I can t- no, I can okay. tell the life insurance story. <laughs> yeah, um, life insurance story. So this was yeah, it was last year. I had a client, um, and she rang me because she was just under a bit of financial pressure, and uh, she rang me on the Friday afternoon, and it was quite late in the Friday afternoon, and she just said, "Look, Adam, I want to cancel my life cover," and I said, "Look, um, I won't use the name, but I'll, I'll give I'll give you I'll give you a call back on Monday, and we'll we'll have a you know." have a good chat, we'll see what we can do, you know, see if we can switch things out or whatever, just to, because I don't, didn't really, you know, I said to her, look, we don't really want to cancel it because you've still got a bit of debt left um, on your house and, you know, she was single, single mum, three young kids and anyway, so um, I was like, look, we'll talk on Monday and um, so she passed away on the Saturday, which was crazy and um, and then on the Monday I um, found out because... I can't remember how how I got notified. It was all it was all a bit heavy, and um, and yeah, it was just kind of like the value of you know just kind of the first time I really saw the value of uh, those you know those type of types of insurances. Yeah. Um. You know, and I'm so glad I didn't cancel it that night when she first rang me. And you know, I kind of was like, oh, let's just have the weekend to think about it. We'll talk about it on Monday because that could have, you know, yeah, shit, that could have really. Really, uh, you know, those kids now have a bit of financial security because that life insurance cover was then used to clear the debt. Correct. So, so they've got a freehold house. Yeah. So you brilliant. Know. The so three kids. Yeah. The three kids. Those kids are going to grow up and learn that story at some stage, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, and be yeah. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. Man, that that would have been pretty spooky. It was pretty spooky. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very spooky. Yeah. Geez, the value of uh, of insurance is for sure. I mean, it's insurances are tough, right? Because people are like, "Oh, do I really need to pay this?" And every year when I do my review, I look at this with my advisor, and I'm like, "Oh, mate, like I probably don't need that anymore." But then I look at what it's costing, and I think, "Ah, fuck, it, I'll just keep it there because I might d- dial it up later on or yeah, whatever." Yeah. But yeah, insurance is always a bit of a grudge purchase for a lot of people. Yep, a hundred percent. And what what we try to do as well is with our with our planning tools, we we try and kind of show. You, you exactly why that covers there, mm. um, as to you know here's a half a million a life cover, here's you know two hundred fifty k trauma and income protection. We kind of what we do is we actually go right. This is this is you know this is why, and we try help clients visualize it through some of the planning tools that we have. This yeah. is why this covers in place. Gotcha. So back to the KiwiSaver stuff, mate. Like we said at the start, people can go on the website and do a fact find if they want to explore the KiwiSaver. Correct. So yeah, yeah. So if they want to, they can just go to compoundwealth.co.nz forward slash KiwiSaver, 
and um, we can flick you through a complimentary report and we just ask you a few questions about your you know your personal situation so you know what your gross salary is what you're currently contributing what your risk profile is so we ask you obviously about your investment time frame which we talked about earlier so when are you going to be using you know when you plan on making a significant lump sum withdrawal from your kiwi saver and then we take into account your risk profile so those questions around hey look if you can how do you feel if your kiwi saver balance dropped 20 25 percent and then we flick you through a report and that includes a retirement projection and um, then we can kind of run you through it as well if you've got any questions um, but effectively what it's doing is it's trying to kind of paint a picture of where you're going to be at 65 um, and then from there you can kind of go oh well I'm going to have a million or two million dollars and um, you know if I spend x amount per year that's going to get me to not age 90 and if that's the case then great but yeah, um, yeah it's uh, compoundwealth.co.au do.co.nz forward slash KiwiSaver. Um, if you want to complete that, we can flick you through a complimentary recommendation. No doubt you'd be competing with, I see a lot of the very simple marketing around KiwiSaver these days is just cheapest fees, lowest fees, whatever. But I guess the side of that that people don't understand would be, okay, might be the cheapest fees, but might not be the best return, right? Or might not even be the fund you need to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, so, so look, that's uh, fees are definitely important. Uh, but, the, you know, like if you have a default fund and you're invested in it and you're only paying 0.2, um, but you're in a, the most expensive, aggressive KiwiSaver strategy where you're paying 2.5, um, you know, that... Uh, the, the even though you're still paying two and a half percent, that's still going to absolutely smash that default fund out of the out of the park, just because those assets are just so so conservative. So it's a it's an apples versus apples things. It's you know comparing growth funds versus growth funds, or balance versus balance, or conservative versus conservative, and then looking at why are, you know are the fees more expensive. You got to look at if it's an active active investment manager. So are they out there, you know? actively looking for new investments or do they have private equity in their portfolios so they're out buying private land and property or businesses throughout New Zealand Milford and Booster both do that so again they have a higher higher um, you know fee fee costs because they're actively out there looking for those types of investments whereas say uh, uh, your more passive providers that just track your indexes they don't really have those 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 high costs um, so yeah, it's 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 looking at what what type of philosophy, what type of strategy do you want to you know go for, and um, and comparing apples with apples. What about the banks? Are they still shit? Or <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I can say it, you can't say that. Um, Didn't oh, some of them get cleaned out? Were they? You know, yeah. You well, yeah. Most. Um, so a lot of them have all the banks. All the banks. Yeah, lost their default provider status. I was just gonna just double. Double checking myself. I, I think that's right. I, I think, think I remember reading right. about that. Least, did BNZ get in there? I'm unsure. Anyway, so your ANZs and your ASBs, they, they lost their default provider status. Um, so that means if I signed up for KiwiSaver by default... You via know, your employer, be, you used to get... Um, a bank. You used to pretty much go into a bank. But um, yeah, so look, BNZ... Yes, I knew BNZ and Westpac are actually, um, they've replaced them. So the new default providers now are BNZ Booster, BT Funds, which is Westpac, Kiwi Wealth, Simplicity, and Smart Shares. But Fisher Funds have just bought Kiwi Wealth. Well, it hasn't settled yet, but it looks like they're going to be purchasing Kiwi Wealth. 
Um, so effectively, Fisher Funds have just bought back their default status because um, Kiwi Wealth will most likely disappear. So if you're with Kiwi Wealth, um, you could probably that would actually be quite a good decision for you to fill out our fact find because you're going to get def- you're going to get um, you know probably within the next six to twelve months you're going to transfer to Fisher Funds. And I think Kiwi Wealth's the third or fourth largest KiwiSave provider in the market. Really? So there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of um, there'll be a lot of change for Kiwi Wealth investors. So if you wanted to look at other um, providers, then feel free to go through us, and we can send you through a detailed kind of comparison across the different providers and show you where to go. Nice. There's some people that still think KiwiSaver is a scam. Yeah, and that maybe the, the government are going to keep all their money, or, or fuck knows what what they think. But even to those people, I suggest, well, then just at least get your minimum in because if the government are going to give you a fifty percent return, like at least soak that up. Hundred percent. Yeah, and Look, there's not many other investments that give you. Like, I don't think there's any other investment that gives you a guaranteed fifty percent return on your money. No. So um, and that fifty percent return, that five hundred and twenty-one dollars twenty-three or whatever it is. That is, um, of course, compounded over time and is worth so much more in the future, right? Yeah, so the future value, and I was telling Luke this before, the future value of $521.43 for a 25-year-old compounded over 40 years, so um, 65, so 65 uh, at a 7% per annum rate of return is close to, I think, $9,200. So if a 25-year-old misses out on that five twenty one forty three, they're effectively missing out on $9,200 because that's the future value of that five twenty one. Yes. So, and then obviously if they miss out on a 26, it's going to be 9100 or whatever the number is. I can't remember exactly. And so on and so on and so on. So, you know, if you're, if you're missing those payments, you're not just missing out on five twenty one. you're missing out on, uh, yeah, a massive future value. And maybe you're a KiwiSaver sceptic out there. I'd imagine you wouldn't have got 32 minutes through a KiwiSaver podcast or, or this <laughs> if, if you were, but then at least be thinking about what you're going to do for your retirement. You know, if you want to believe it's a scam, cool. Well, then what what are you going to do around your retirement? You've got to figure that piece out for yourself because you're basically saying no to the thing that most Kiwis are sort of have been set up for most Kiwis to, to have a crack at and keep it simple for. Mate, thank you for your time. As always, good to do this one in person. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll have to do another couple throughout the year and try and catch up on the regular and find out what's happening out there and what people should be thinking about. 100%. And Thank you, Loki. You might be able to give us some insights as to what some of the uh, funds are investing in that maybe we could be mirroring in our sharesies accounts when they start going well. Yeah. Yeah, well, next time we'll do that, we'll, we'll get a couple of key performing funds and we can go through them in depth and see what some of these smart fund managers are doing beautiful they, they can spend all the money and we'll just copy them <laughs> Adam Stewart from Compound Wealth compoundwealth.co.nz if you want to do the fact find compoundwealth.co.nz forward slash KiwiSaver get that done make sure you are not pissing your KiwiSaver up <laughs> against the wall and letting some battler look after it for you see you in the next episode I am just a lawyer I am just an